Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you today for this opportunity to study your word. We do look to you now for direction, for answers, for help, for instruction. May every single person have the eyes of their understanding enlightened today. Lord, may we see and have a revelation of truth that makes us free. We give you all the praise for open eyes and open ears and open hearts. The word for the hour, in Jesus' name, amen. All right, how many know, first of all, that in Christ, every person is called blessed? That's, that's from Ephesians chapter 1. Anyone who has received the Lord is positionally blessed, okay? God calls you blessed. But, but, there sometimes is a disconnect between the spiritual position that we hold and what is inherently ours in Christ and the outworking of that or the manifestation of that in our everyday lives. And the issue that here is, is many times people are engaged in activity that flow contrary to the blessing of God that is inherently theirs. And so in other words, God has put something in me He's given me the right and the resources to walk in it. But if I live my life contrary to that, it's going to continuously eat away at that manifestation. And I will, in essence, look like I'm not blessed. I will look like I'm not prosperous, even though the Lord says, yes, you are. Hmm. Because he put poverty on Jesus so we could prosper. But I've got to cooperate now with the system. When I say the system, the kingdom of God and the rules that govern financial prosperity and poverty. You see, there are laws that govern this stuff. And they're not uh, picky about who they're going to work for. They like gravity. They work for everybody. Okay? And, uh, and that's why you can have Joe Sinner, who doesn't love God, not saved, not heaven bound but being successful in certain principles in life and you can have joe christian all right in case your name's joe we got you covered uh and you've got joe christian who loves god who's saved who's going to live for god no matter what they are committed to him but struggling but financially uh you know deficit constantly and they're dealing with things on a regular basis that they really shouldn't be because inherently again they've got the blessing of God on their life and so we're giving you biblical principles we want to start today with number three last week we gave you number one and we gave you number two and we're not going to give them to you again today but we're going to begin with number three and that's found in Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 13. It says, do not love sleep lest you come to poverty. Open your eyes and you will be satisfied with bread. Now, the first service today, I, there was a lot of looks on faces that they were really surprised that verse was in there. <laughs> and quite disappointed. <laughs> but we must realize that if we had a show of hands, there probably we wouldn't be a whole lot of people who volunteer to, uh, you know, laziness and, and slothfulness. But there are quite a few verses that deal with that subject in the Bible. And I just got to think, 
they got to be there for somebody. And I think very likely without any kind of word from the Lord, even though I do know I am being led, that you could preach this to any group and hit a bunch of people. So if you feel like your mail is being read today, it is. <laughs> Not because I'm so insightful. It's just because of human nature and people have a tendency to gravitate towards doing things that interrupt their prosperity. Okay? And that stand is a block and a hindrance against that. And so let's believe God together. Okay? We're committed to not be offended. Right? We're committed to not, to not feel judged or condemned or you make me feel bad. Listen, that's not the, what we're talking about here. We're talking about getting answers and direction. All right. So, here's point number three, simply two words, love, sleep. Love, sleep. If you want to go broke, you should love to sleep. Amen. Now, go over to Proverbs chapter 6. Love, sleep. Do you love to sleep? Now, you don't have to, don't answer out loud. This is not confession time. Do you love to sleep? I want you to know, on the authority of the Word of God, that's a problem. And that is the pathway to poverty. In, in, in Proverbs chapter 6 and verse 6, let's begin there. It says, go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise, which having no captain overseer or ruler provides her supplies in the summer and gathers her food in the harvest how long will you slumber O sluggard when will you rise from your sleep a little sleep a little slumber a little folding of the hands to sleep so shall your poverty come on you like a prowler and your need like an armed man is that clear enough? Well, obviously, loving sleep can be a problem. Listen, a sluggard is someone who avoids work or physical exertion. Let's be clear what we're talking about. And he's not just throwing out dirty names to irritate. A sluggard, he's saying, you avoid work and physical exertion. That is key to poverty. The ants, on the other hand, who is our example, did you ever know you'd be taught by an ant? Yeah, I usually try to step on them, you know, <laughs> put that stuff on them and get rid of them. Mm. But the ant apparently has it up on a lot of people. What does the ant do? The ant will do now what will benefit later. And that's an issue that a lot of people do not have settled in their own lives. Is they, if, if they don't get an immediate benefit from their activity, work or whatever it is, then they're very likely to not engage in it. And they will put it off and put it off. But the ant is smart enough to know, listen, it's getting cold out here in a few months. And I'm not going to have anything to eat. I'm going to go ahead and get ready for that. A whole lot of people never get ready for anything. 
they live about, I'm just living for today. Well, you ought to be living for tomorrow as well. You ought to be making preparations for the future. Because the future is coming. The ant prepares ahead of time. But there's, there's a lot of issues where you can see how this plays out. Where a person who, who lives only for immediate, only for now, they will not engage in many activities. Okay? One of them is prayer. How many know most of the time there is a gap in prayer between amen and I see it? There's a gap between I believe, amen, thank you Lord, and I actually am driving it. You know what I'm talking about? Or, uh, you know, uh, there's an answer to that prayer, there's a manifestation. Not talking about healing necessarily, you can get those things instantly. But uh, I'm talking about many things in prayer, there's a gap. Well, Especially if you're a spirit-filled person. You pray in the spirit. You might be praying about things that are years down the road. And you might pray about something and feel, man, that was God. God prayed that through me. That was, this is going to happen. I can see this. And seven years later, you all of a sudden realize, wow, that's what I was praying about way back then. But listen, if you are only the type of person who has to have it and see it and get it right now, you'll never bother with a lot of that stuff. And so you'll be ineffective in the future. Say, how come things aren't really working out today? Well, it might be because a few years ago you kind of sloughed off. That's kind of hard to swallow because you can't go back and change it, huh? When today we're reaping the results of things we did years ago. And there's nothing you can do about it. Except for start making tomorrow better. Start changing it so it doesn't stay this way. But uh, giving and receiving. Finances. Sowing. Reaping. How many know there's a gap there? I mean the, the vast majority of the time. I, I've, I know of a few situations. Where, where God moved on someone in a church service. They gave out of the ordinary. Gave above and beyond what they normally do. And before they left the building. God spoke to somebody else, and, and, they, and all of a sudden they got back what they gave plus. But you know what? Those testimonies are rare. That doesn't happen most of the time. Usually, there's a gap. I give, and it's just gone. I mean, I, I know by faith that it's not gone, gone. It's just working. And that the blessing of God is kind of going to come back on me, but not necessarily right now. And so we've got to be people that look out towards the future, look out beyond the immediate, and do some things that will benefit us in the long term. And uh, in reality, a lot of the way we live and behave should be in independent of any kind of personal benefit anyway. There are a lot of things I would do. i got to tell you, I would give towards the kingdom of God even if I never got a perk from it because it's eternal. It's what matters, and He's the reason I live. If I'm just living for me, that's a miserable life. I've got to tell you, selfish people are the most miserable people. That's just true. And so independent of any benefit, there are certain ways that we ought to live, um, uh, even, when, even when no one's watching, and it seems like I'm not going to be helped in this endeavor at all. But a common characteristic among poor people is laziness. Okay, I'll qualify it this way. I'm not saying that all poor people are lazy. 
But I am saying that a common characteristic of poverty and brokenness is laziness. People simply don't do what they're supposed to do. I've heard on numerous occasions of people saying things like, I've just been out looking for a job, but I can't find anything. Well, oftentimes what they really mean is I can't find the job that lets me do almost nothing and pays me a lot of money. Isn't that a good job? <laughs> and oftentimes it's not the matter, a matter of there are no jobs, but many times it's I'm not willing to put the effort out to take this kind of job because that one is work. That one, I got to get up early, I got to work hard, I got to make not as much as I want to make. And it's not a matter of there not being any jobs out there, but it's a matter of someone having broken their brain, and so they look forward to an unemployment check, because I can sleep in. Hmm. Actually revel in and like the fact that there is a welfare system. Hmm. Everybody still smiling? If any of you are on or have been on welfare, you know, you're broke on welfare. Not only is it not good, I mean, I'm not saying get off of it, because if, if it's your survival, do that until you can change. But, uh, uh, but it's not only a, not a good thing, but you st you're still broke, you're just s surviving, you're not starving. Okay, I, I'm not satisfied with that ever. I don't believe God has anything to do with survival, or scrape by and hold on to the end. He's a more than enough kind of God who wants us to have abundance and have enough for us to be blessed and to give away. Okay? And so, uh, I don't want to have the mentality where I'm happy and I'm, I'm just real pleased with the fact that I can get something from the government in this area or, or something like that. And I'm not satisfied with that. Okay? What I am satisfied with is uh, doing things right, walking in abundance and having the mindset, the thinking of a prosperous person, not a broke person. You know, some areas of the whole, again, you know, the whole welfare system can be quite annoying. I don't know if you've ever been to the grocery store and, uh, and someone's in the line and they've got their bag of, you know, their cart there full of Twinkies and stuff. And, and well, not only Twinkies, I mean like ding-dongs and stuff too. <laughs> and, and a bunch of junk. And... And then the, you know, the food stamps pay for that. And then after you get that done, then they pull out the money in their pocket to buy the beer and cigarettes. And uh, I don't know, that doesn't sit real well with me. But some people are satisfied with that. Not only is that, a, that an abuse of the, of the system, but that's a mindset that is absolutely terrible. That is bondage. It's not God. And uh, I can't be satisfied with broke. And broke begins with the mentality of broke. It begins with that, with that type of thinking. Back to the ant. The ant prepares. Preparation is key to prosperity. If I want to prosper in life, I've got to be the person who is ready beforehand. I'm ready for things that come up. Uh, education is a big part of that. Education is a big part of prosperity. It's not always, uh, you know, structural necessarily have a degree. That's all great. But I'm just talking education in general. You 
should be an expert at what you do. Whatever it is that is your interest and your drive and the things you want to accomplish in life, you should be educated in that area. However that education comes formal or informal, you should be a master at the things that, that you have, that you are good at. Okay? It's preparation. It's being ready for what comes. It seems that people who are successful, they're always ahead of everybody else. Someone's in business, they're constantly thinking. And they're looking, how is the economy moving? How is the market changing? How are things shifting? And the people that can be ahead just a little bit, they're going to make a fortune. Hmm? People who invest in stock markets, if someone can be just a little bit ahead of everybody else, I mean, no, they're going to do very, very well. Okay? The ants, again, prepared for the winter. They were ready ahead of time. Uh, I found this is true, that broke people are always late and unprepared. Common characteristic, common characteristic is they are late and unprepared. And here's another part to that, and full of excuses. There's always a reason why they're late. Oh, well, I had this coming on. I was always, always running a little bit late. Always unprepared. Whether you're talking about business, talking about job assignments, they're just not quite ready, not quite prepared. Huh? Students in school, teenagers, you know, just not quite prepared for all the tests. Not quite prepared for this assignment. Didn't get this done. Always running a little bit behind. Always showing up late to things. Okay? That is not prosperity mentality. That's broke. Amen. Everybody still happy? Okay. You and I ought to be ready for things. We ought to be prepared ahead of time. You know, when it comes to uh, doing things for the Lord, this is, a, this is an area that can be real uh, frustrating, discouraging. When it comes to church, and sometimes people want to serve, kind of they want to, you know, and give their time and energy and effort to the kingdom of God, the things that last forever. But when it comes to those issues, they're not quite as important with them. Because after all, they're not getting paid. I mean, how many know most of ministry in the body of Christ is done by volunteers? In other words, someone who's not compensated immediately. They're not on a payroll to do those things. That's our church. That's all churches. All, most ministry gets done that way. But the problem is with that, a lot of things get done half. A lot of things get done at low quality. A lot of things get started and they don't get finished. And it's because of a mentality, well, that's good enough for the church. Or that's a mentality with some, and they would never verbalize it, but they would never treat their employer that way because they'd get, you know, finances are on the line. When it comes to another person, when it comes to the ministry, it's like, well, uh, you know, they should be happy to get whatever they can get. Really? Is that really how we treat the things of God? I say, call me crazy, but I say we step it up a notch. If we're doing things for the kingdom of God, things that last forever, even if there's no compensation. Are you listening? That, that really speaks to the integrity and quality of a person. Okay? They're not just doing things they can get away with, but if I'm doing anything, 
If I'm going to sing a song, I'm going to clean the carpet, I'm going to speak to this group or whatever it is, organize a barbecue. Man, this is kingdom business. I'm going to be early and I'm going to do it better than it's ever been done before. That's the mentality instead of a, you know, whatever, good enough. Hmm. Almost. It's pretty close. Pretty good. Man, I think that's, that's horrible. I think that's a bad mentality for us to have. And I can tell you again, that's broke mentality. That's not the way we're, we're supposed to be. Proverbs chapter 13. We're staying here in Proverbs a little bit. Your level of preparation reveals the level of value that you place on something. Something's real important to you. You'll give it a whole lot of, uh, you'll prepare for it. You'll be ready. Take another side journey right here for a moment. Do you know that you can prepare to come to church? Some people don't. I mean more than fixing your hair. And continue that, please. I mean more than, you know, washing your clothes and so forth. But do continue. People can prepare spiritually. I know it hasn't crossed a whole lot of people's mind to ever pray before church. It's like, well, that's what I'm going to church for. Pray. Well, <laughs> if you, you'll find that if you come prepared on the inside, things will be a lot different in your life. You'll get a lot, mu- you'll get much more out of things that you put more into, okay? And internal preparation can big time change what happens in your life. You know this, that in any given time that the body of Christ comes, comes together like this time right now, that some people have their lives absolutely revolutionized. I mean, God speaks to them, gives them direction, answers, all kinds of stuff happens, and some people don't get hardly anything. Explain that. The same word, the same song, the same anointing, the same God who's in here. One person is bored out of their brain. And I'll tell you right from the start, you're totally missing it because I am not boring. <laughs> but, but the other person is getting things from God. They're saying, wow, this is great. This is, I can use this. This is amazing, man. God is so good. And they're sitting next to each other. What is going on there? One person's ready. One person is prepared. They looked ahead of time and they're ready to receive from God. And the other person, I don't know what's going on. But I tell you what, they do like naps. They love to sleep. And what's happening? Well, they stay on that path. Poverty's coming to them. And while I'm saying that, let me, let me explain this principle. Sometimes you may have a person who gives, you know, they don't co-sign. <laughs> you know, they got some things going on. They're, in other words, what I'm saying is they got some things going on in their life that they're doing right. They're following wisdom. They're doing, but there are other areas that they're missing. It doesn't mean that the first two other, the other areas that you're not doing a good job. And see, it can, can cause some confusion. Someone says, man, I tithe. I give and I make strong confessions of God's promises concerning my life. I believe this is happening, but I'm still struggling. Here's the, here, here's the answer to that, okay? It's not about one or two issues. Sometimes people have got these two issues right, and these two issues are undermining the first two, okay? So how many things do I need to know? 
Well, if things aren't working, you seek more direction. If things are working and, keep, and, and doing great, stay on it. Keep doing what you're doing. But with, me, with many of us, we're learning, we're growing, and we should always be seeking for further understanding. It's not a matter, matter of one magic principle, pull this lever and everything's going to be okay. But it's about a, a, a roundedness and groundedness of the wisdom and Word of God and operating in the laws of God so that the prosperity, the blessing is simply unhindered in us. Okay? And so if you're thinking, man, I'm doing that. Or you're thinking about this one. I'm not, you know, I'm a hard worker. I'm diligent. I, I, I do these things, but I'm still struggling. I, well, I'm telling you, you might not be missing it in this area, but there's something else that can be adjusted. There's wisdom from God somewhere that will help you keep seeking it. Come on. Come on. He wants you to have it. Wants you to walk in it. Why would, he, why would he put blessing on the inside of you? Why would he put prosperity on the inside of you and not let it come out? Okay, Proverbs chapter 13, everybody there? Verse 4, the soul of a lazy man desires and has nothing. But the soul of the diligent shall be made rich. What's key to prosperity? Diligence. What's a surefire way to, to brokenness? Laziness. The sluggard. Right? Now, Proverbs 21. We'll come back and look at the word diligence here in a moment. Proverbs 21, verse 25. 21-25. The desire of the lazy man kills him, for his hands refuse to labor. He covets greedily all day long, but the righteous gives and does not spare. I accidentally read the next verse. Excuse me. But his hands refuse to labor. Now, now back to the word uh, diligence. Diligence is careful and persistent work or effort. In other words, the ant is a diligent ant and is going to get things done ahead of time. There's a preparation time getting ready for the future. Diligence is careful and persistent work or effort. The person without diligence often will stop short of completion. They may begin a good thing, but won't finish. All right? This is the person with a lot of unfinished business in life. A lot of things that they began, but didn't complete. A lot of things they started. And again... I almost want to go back to the whole church scenario again. People, uh, I don't feel like I finished that. Sometimes people want to, I'm going to help this. I'm going to help in this area. And then they'll help for a short period of time and leave it and not finish it. And if you question them, them on that, say, you know, are you going to like do the whole thing? Like finish the project that you started? Some will take offense. Oh, what do you think? I mean, I'm, I'm just volunteering. I'm giving my time. I mean, what, how much more of me do you want? I mean, I do have a job. I got to work. I got to take care of things. Bad stinking attitude. Poverty thinking. Huh? To start something and not finish, especially if it's the kingdom of God. But really in any situation. I tell you what, if you volunteer to help a friend move. 
Help them move. Unless you told them ahead of time, I've only got two hours to spare, then you stay there the whole time. And you help them move instead of them counting on you, thinking, okay, I got these three friends lined up. We're going to move this stuff. This is going to be great. And you get tired after an hour. Say, you know what? You know, I, I really got some things I got to get done. So uh, talk to you later and not understand. Why are they aggravated with you? Hmm. But again, people, they treat certain things. They treat the kingdom of God almost as if they're just doing a favor for everybody and there's no obligation to their word or to see things through. But this should be something that's inherent within us as, as prosperity-minded people, not broke-minded people, that when I start something, I finish it. If I'm going to begin something, I'm going to do it with quality to the best I know how. I'm going to do it with quality, with excellence, and, uh, and that's going to govern uh, everything that I do. Again, it's a person who's diligent. They're persistent. They keep working, keep putting effort on things. Uh, Romans chapter 12. Romans, let me, I got to show you this too. Ooh, it's good. Romans chapter 12 and verse 11. Romans 12, 11. Speaking a list of things here about how Christians ought to behave. In verse 11, it says, not lagging in diligence. This is direction to us now. Not lagging in diligence. Another translation says, not slothful in business. Okay, lagging is bad. Slothful is bad. And, uh, and when we talk about, well, let me first tell you this. You know what slothful means? One of the definitions, it means tardy. You're not tardy. Again, that speaks to a person who's, who's late and unprepared. Are you late? Are you tardy? Do you show up to things? I'm not talking once in a great while. Continually. You're behind. You're always running and have excuses. You have very good reasons why you're tardy, why you're late, why you're behind. Here's the thing with some of this. Some people uh, would like to believe that when in their relationship with God, when it comes to spiritual things, they are all together. They are just right on time, never missing the mark, just sold out the whole route and hearing from everything's just real good spiritually. It's just, you know, other things. It's just the natural areas of my, my life that are really out of line and out of order. But spiritually, I'm really good. That's not true. These things are much more connected than a lot of people uh, really believe. I got to tell you, I have a difficult time thinking that uh, if I, you know, again, I'm not calling anybody's name, nothing like that. Just smile and look ahead, okay? Everybody okay? I have a hard time believing that it, if I drive to your house, and every time I come to your house, I look at the lawn, it looks terrible. Overgrown, weeds. I look at all everything, all, there's weeds all over the place, little trash here and there, maybe a refrigerator on the front, front lawn. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I, 
And I mean, I don't mean once in a while. I mean, this is just the way that it is. And I go in your house, you know, and the paint's flaking off the house. Doorbell doesn't work. Go in your house. There's just, I have to fit through the pathway of all the junk. You got clothes there, clean clothes are here, dirty clothes are here, or mixed. <laughs> and, you know, I go into the kitchen, dishes every, dirty ones, dishes everywhere, and uh, last night's dinner's still there. And, and I'm not talking about, everybody listen, I'm not talking about once in a while, got behind, things got busy. I'm talking about a perpetual way of living. And I go, and you, you say, hey, let's run down to the store, man. You like to ride with me? I, yeah, I'd like to ride with you. I jump in your car, and I got to kick the cans out of the way. I got to move the McDonald's hamburger wrapper off the dashboard. And it's just dirty. And it's messy. I have a hard time believing that you're just doing A-OK with the Lord. I don't realize that's a hard pill for some to swallow, you saying I'm not right with God and my car is dirty. <laughs> I'm saying it's more of a reflection than you think. Not saying you have to have a clean car to get to heaven. Not talking about your righteousness in Christ. Talking about the ongoing daily thing of having it together. I have a hard time believing that you're just a re- your prayer life is just right on. You're daily having good fellowship with the Lord. That you're in the Word. And everything else around your life is falling apart. I see that as broke in your brain. And I'm showing you why right here. This is how this works. He said, again, not slothful in business. Or not lagging in diligence. What's business? Well, business is whatever you do. Doesn't necessarily mean that you own a corporation. May or may not. But your business is what you do with your life. Might be your job and your home and going to the grocery store and raising kids and and taking care of this and volunteering here and just whatever you do. Everything that encompasses your life, that's your business. And we are not supposed to be slothful in that or lagging in that. We are supposed to be diligent. We are to be careful and persistent in our worker effort, not tardy. In everything we do. There should be signs of our faithfulness. Everywhere we go. If someone is cluttered on the outside. It's very likely. That they're cluttered on the inside. Everybody smile and just look straight. (laughs) Say amen pastor. Good preaching. I know some people who need to hear that. Ooh. I'm getting them this CD. This is so for them. Well, uh, consider this, uh, this, uh, this issue that many of us may be not fully overboard in this area, but there might be areas we need to tweak. That maybe that mentality is getting into, in, into our brains in, a li- in some areas, but maybe not every area. Okay? And some of you are just gone. But it's not too late <laughs> to get back on board. And realize that these things are interconnected and we need to have... What happens to the diligent? Where was that verse? Proverbs 13. The soul of the diligent will be made rich. The diligent person is someone who takes care of their stuff. 
That's the, yeah, that's their job, their business. That's their home life. That's everything that pertains to you. You take care of your stuff. Okay? You don't have 45 books laying around that you're partway through. You're a finisher. You complete projects. You don't have 12 projects around the home. Well, I'm working on this, working on, started that one four years ago. This one, I'm, uh, hmm. You start things and work them through to completion. Come on, isn't there a satisfaction in that? Oh, yeah. And so, it, and when you do that, when you live that way, that mentality keeps you from completing projects and doing them well. It eats at you and you feel bad about it. And you look at it, you don't even want to look at it. I tell you what, it'll affect your faith. Because you feel kind of condemned. You feel kind of like a, like a loser. <laughs> Sorry. I don't mean you are. I just mean there's some things that need to be changed. You just need to have more diligence and stop being a sloth. Because if you look, because, you know, I know you're busy. You've got to take naps and stuff. And, you know, and sometimes it's hard to get up by 10 in the morning. And, you know, <laughs> so you're busy. But what, kind, what happens? Poverty. Knocking on your door. If you don't get up, it's coming in. All right, Proverbs 24. We'll start to finish up over here. Proverbs 24 and verse 30. 24, 30. I went by the field of the lazy man. You ever been by that field? And by the vineyard of the man devoid of understanding. And there it was. All overgrown with thorns. Its surface was covered with nettles. Its stone wall was broken down. Then I saw it. I considered it well. I looked in it, on it and received instruction. Think about it. What kind of instruction is he receiving? He said, wow, that's nice. Look at that. That guy must be really free. He's not bound up by all those rules and subdivision being upheld to a certain standard. He's not bound up by, what do they call those? The, the CCNRs of the sub. Nah. Doesn't matter about that. What's the big, what's the big deal there? Uh, he's not so concerned with what everybody else thinks. He's just free. Look at that. Wouldn't that be nice? Is that the instruction he's getting? I don't know about you, but I don't get that instruction. When I drive by and see, yikes, look at that mess. Huh? When I see someone who doesn't take care of themselves or anything they own, and uh, you know their family looks like a wreck and everything's falling apart, I don't think, wow, wouldn't that be nice? I mean, my life is just too perfect. <laughs> I would really... And I don't mean it's perfect like that, but you know what I mean. I don't, I don't think, wow, I sure like to be like that. Wow. Man, they don't even bother with showers. They, got, they are just so free, so free from what everyone thinks. Now, that's not the kind of instruction that he's getting. You know what kind of instruction he's getting here? What is he learning? Same thing he got from the ant. Word for word. A little sleep. A little slumber. A little folding of the hands to rest. So shall your poverty come on, come like a prowler, 
and your need like an armed man. What's he saying here? He's saying the wealthy person is busy doing things. He's, he's busy being diligent with what he has while the, the broke people are napping. Fences falling down. Weeds are growing everywhere. And I'm just giving that as an example. It's not, uh, that's not a, a summation of everything that this involves. It's just real visual for us. When people don't take care of their stuff naturally, you can see what's happening there. He's saying, man, they're sleeping. A little sleep, a little slumber. Poverty's coming to that house. And we've got to avoid it. Avoid letting everything stay undone. Letting every little issue just kind of slide. And that's good enough. Or, you know, I don't have time for this and this and this. One last scripture. I'll just read it to you. Proverbs 19.15 says, Laziness casts one into a deep sleep, and an idle person will suffer hunger. And so I can't help but think, man, these verses are here for somebody. I don't think they're wasted space. It just might be I can learn something from it. It might be there are some areas where I've lacked diligence, where I've been lagging and I've let things go and things that are my responsibility are not getting done. Or I've said to a friend or I've said to the church, I'll take care of this, I'll do this for you, I'll volunteer, but I treat it like a second class position. I treat, treat it like it's not really important because it's not like they can take my money away from me. It's not like they can fire me. Listen, we can't have that kind of, that kind of menta- mentality at all concerning anything and so many people are when you talk about sleep and slumber and uh, sluggishness and all this thing all these things it's literal they sleep too much right but with some it's just a matter of being asleep to certain things they may get up on time but they're asleep concerning their, their current responsibilities they're asleep concerning the mess around them they're asleep concerning their future but ready or not, here it comes. Tomorrow's coming. Next week's coming. Next year's coming. Ten years from now is coming. Wherever you're at, the future's coming. Retirement's coming. Are we ready? Are we prepared for what's going to happen in the future? If we're not, guess what it's going to do? It's going to eat away at your prosperity. Not being prepared for the future is the path of brokenness. So again, number three, how to go broke. Love, sleep. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you today. Thank you for help. Lord, for your mercy, for your grace. Lord, we don't condemn anyone or, or judge anyone in regards to these things. But help us all to judge ourselves. Lord, so that we can uh, get things together in our lives where, where, we've, where we've let things slip. Thank you for your grace, for your help, your instruction. Lord, you're you're leading us in the direction that we should go. I give you praise and give you glory now. Every person is receiving wisdom from above, direction for their life. And Lord, we value and treasure every word from you, every scripture that we've read today. Lord, we value and highly treasure it. And we'll be doers of the word and not hearers only receiving the direction that you have for us. Lord, we give you all the praise, all the glory, all the honor. We trust you now to do a mighty work in us and through us. Praise God. Praise God. Father, I pray for those 
Hallelujah. Let's just wait, wait just a moment. Father, we give you praise. We give you glory. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your faithfulness. Look to the Lord for direction for your own life. Make anything right that needs to be made right. Do business with God and he'll, he'll do business with you. Reach out to him and he'll reach out to you. He'll touch you in your area of need. He'll help you in your time of distress. Uh, he'll strengthen you in all areas of weakness. Praise God. Father, we thank you for strength. For strength. For strength. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. You're a good God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Father, I pray for those this morning who are not saved. They're not on their way to heaven. They need to receive the forgiveness of their sins.